Well, my brothers and sisters, I have a written text here for my homily, but I'm going to try to wing it. Do it off the top of my head. We'll see if I can pull it off. So we've got, we see today in our readings these two widows, and both of them have seen some pretty bad luck in life. In the first reading, uh, we've got this widow who's got a small child that she's got to take care of. And then to make matters worse, famine has hit the land, and everybody's starving to death. She doesn't even have a piece, a single piece of bread in her house. And then in the gospel, we see another widow, and this widow is super poor. Okay, so you see both of these uh, people have encountered really great adversity in life and misfortune. Okay, uh, They've been dealt, if I can use the poker metaphor, they've been dealt bad hands okay, in life. All right? But even though they've been dealt bad hands, they play their cards very, very well. Okay, so they do a lot with what they've been given. Uh, in the gospel, this woman doesn't have any money, but pretty much everything she has, she gives to God as an act of generosity. It's something remarkable. In our first reading, the, the widow that Elijah visits, she's uh, very generous. She uh, says, you know, even though she's starving, there's this stranger that shows up at the city gates. She's willing to go get him some water, help him out. And then when he asks for more, when he asks for some bread, she kind of tells him the whole story. But I think it's very interesting, okay, I, I, I believe that the widow of Zarephath from our first reading was given a choice, okay, that she, she was going through a certain kind of temptation, okay. And I think this is true because of almost the tone of her voice that you can hear when she responds to Elijah. Elijah says, well, and also while you're getting me that water, bring back some bread. And she says, I don't have any bread. All I've got is just a little bit of flour, and I'm getting sticks, and I'm going to go make a fire and make a little bit of bread for me and my son, and then we're going to die. Okay? That, that phrase, and then we'll die. Okay, I, I see her as being tempted by, now, of course, who wouldn't be tempted by self-pity? Who wouldn't be in that situation, right? Probably be very easy to feel sorry for yourself. Life pretty much sucks. I mean, that's a terrible situation that she's in. Okay, so she's she's tempted by this whole thing of self pity. But what does she do though? She responds to I think the what she hears is the voice of God inviting her to be generous. Okay, and she, so she goes and she's in this act of faith. She's you know this prophet says to her, well if you do this this is and she acts in faith and lo and behold a miracle takes place. Okay, so she doesn't succumb to the temptation. She doesn't let her circumstances keep her down and determine for her how you know she's going to have a bad attitude. Now, uh, in our second reading, we hear from the letter to the Hebrews that we're all going to die and we're all going to be judged. All right. Now, it's important in light of what I've just said to understand what are we judged on ultimately? We're not judged on. Uh, you know, whether we gave a huge amount of money to God or whether we did these great things. We're going to be judged not on the, the hand that we were dealt in life, but how we played those cards. Okay, that's, that's really important to, to get that down. Um, I, in thinking about all of this, I think of um, the Austrian psychologist Viktor Frankl, who went through the Nazi death camps in World War II. 
And uh, uh, Frankel was a, a really great, even before he went, and he was great after he survived the, the Holocaust, but even before he went through the Holocaust, he was actually a world-renowned psychologist and author. And he was also very humanitarian uh, because he set up a hospital to help people with mental health problems uh, in Austria. Well, the Nazis came in in 1941-1942, shut down his hospital, deported him and his wife. He had a beautiful young wife, his uh, parents, and his brother. And all of those family members of his would eventually die uh, in the death camps. He survived. Um, and they saw horrendous things. And he recounts this in a book that he wrote, this Man's Search for Meaning. Very great book, if you ever want to read a, a great book on um, dealing with adversity and overcoming it. And what he said is they would be in one camp and a, and a train would come in and they knew that this train was going to take all the sick and the weak and the people who were not going to be as uh, useful in their, in their capacity as laborers and they were going to be deported to the next labor camp where there happened to be crematoriums and mass graves and all this kind of stuff. So they knew where these guys were going and what was going to happen to them. And so what would happen, unfortunately, is that the majority of the prisoners would do everything they could to get their name erased off this list that would entail them getting on this train and going away to their death. They would do anything they could. Okay, they would lie, they would bribe, they'd even resort to violence. And they knew that if they had their name crossed off the list, someone else would have to take their place and die. So they, do, they did everything they could to save their own skin, unfortunately. Okay, even if it entailed someone else dying in their place. These were guys who let their circumstances, okay, the bad hand that they were dealt in life, determine what they were going to do. Okay? They didn't respond in freedom and in generosity, but they let their circumstances overcome them. Now, the good news, though, is that there was a minority of, of men in these camps who did the opposite. And uh, this is what Viktor Frankl says. Uh, the experience of camp life shows that man does have a choice of action. Though there were enough examples, there were enough examples <clears throat> often of a heroic nature which proved this. We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread, like the widow we read about in our first readings. They, have, they may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And he continues on. Here's another quote. Even though conditions such as lack of sleep, insufficient food, and various mental stresses may suggest that the inmates were bound to react in certain ways. In the final analysis, it becomes clear that the sort of person the prisoner became was the result of an inner decision and not the result of camp influences alone. Fundamentally, therefore, any man can, even under such circumstances, decide what shall become of him mentally and spiritually. He may retain his human dignity even in a concentration camp. And then he also says this. I'll, I'll leave, this will be the last quote from him. Forces beyond your control can take away everything you possess except one thing, your freedom to choose how you will respond to the situation. You cannot control what happens to you in life, 
but you can always control what you will feel and do about what happens to you. Is that right? Can we control how we feel? We often say, you make drive me nuts. You make me so mad. When you did this, you made me feel terrible. Now, obviously, people can influence our feelings, but can they really, in the last analysis, like reach into our hearts and make us feel a certain way? They can't. They can't. Ultimately, we are not robots whose buttons can be pushed by other people or by external circumstances, okay? Just they can control us and make us feel and act and think a certain way. We're given freedom because we're made in the image of God. And at any moment of our life, we can choose to respond to the external circumstances in a healthy and constructive manner instead of react. <clears throat> instead of reacting. That's the difference between reacting and responding. Reacting lets the external world control you. Responding is the truly human thing to do because it's a choice that we make out of freedom. And we're free simply by the fact that we're made in God's image, but we're also free because Christ Jesus has set us free. It's his grace that has given us a freedom that's so powerful, no suffering and no external circumstance can overcome it and overshadow it. So we have a choice. Are we going to go along with the many who let their bad circumstances determine their bad attitudes and behavior? Or are we going to be among the few who rise above their circumstances and embrace freedom? Now, someone might say, you know, this whole death and judgment thing, you know, it makes me really nervous. I, I basically lived my whole life. I can look back. I've got a lot of regrets. I've done tons of stuff that I'm not super proud of. You know, it, what am I going to have to show God at the last day? You know, am I, is, it, is there no chance for me? Okay. No, it's never too late. Being free means that as long as there is breath in our nostrils, we can start life anew. It's precisely by embracing our responsibility for the sins of our past that we're set free. To embrace our responsibility is to embrace our freedom. And it's with that freedom that we begin anew. And so long as we have breath in our mouths, it doesn't matter what our past was. We are alive today, and today we can begin again and respond to the grace of conversion. The Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. God's mercies are new every morning. We don't have to be controlled by our past. We don't have to lose hope. We don't have to feel sorry for ourselves. Not only are they new every morning, they're new every moment. God's mercies are new every moment. At any given moment, we can embrace our freedom and rise above our circumstances by how we respond instead of how we react. And like the widows we read about in today's readings, we can take the bad hand that's been dealt with us and we can play it well.